0: excited to have all my children and grandbabies with me here today. And I just thank the Lord for that. And um, I don't want to put them on the spot, but I'm going to put them on the spot. I just If they would just stand and just uh, face the congregation. Um, we, folks here, this is a real miracle right here. My daughter, uh, Hemorrhage, lost uh, nearly five liters of blood, was rushed into ICU. The baby was separated at one time and had to go with daddy to Saginaw. It was weeks of prayer, and uh, you guys helped me pray, and, and Lord heard our prayer, and here they are today. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You want to testify? I, I, think, I think I scared him. You guys go ahead and sit down. That's all right. Praise God. I'm just excited about what it was that God did. I am excited about what it is that he is always doing if we're paying attention. See, God's always working. He's always speaking. He's always on the move. He's, he's having his way. Just the question is, are you listening? Are you paying attention? Are, are you, do it? have an eye out for it? And you can program yourself to, to recognize it. Have you ever, let's say, uh, you know, you, you just get a, a car... And and whatever car it is, you start looking around and it, it seems like everyone else just got that same car. Why did everyone copy you? Everyone else is driving the same thing you drive. Or a new pair of shoes and everyone else has those shoes. Whatever it is, that's called your reticular activator. It's in your mind and once it's clued in on something, it recognizes it. Have you taught your mind to recognize the hand of God? If not, you can. Get in his word. And when you do see something miraculous happen, even if it's a breeze and the, way in the, the branches and the trees and the leaves are waving praises to the Lord, you can stop and recognize it. David did in his Psalms. Why not you and I? When you begin to do those things, and thank God when you see something beautiful, a bird uh, perched on a branch, and thank you. Wow, Lord, that's beautiful. A sunny day and you're feeling good and the weather is nice. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. When you start to do those things, you begin to recognize the hand of God moving in your life. Read, read the Psalmist David. He was called a man after God's own heart. Why? He praised the Lord often. He recognized the hand of God moving all throughout his life. Today, I want to talk to the fathers. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. And I want to let you know uh, some, some things. And uh, you're needed you're needed. title of my message today, if there was one, is Godly Father. And I was doing some research, and according to the National Fatherhood Institute, there is a father absence crisis going on in America today. With nearly 20 million children, one in four lives without a father in the home. One in four. So if you look at a school, and a classroom, or the kids walk into school, and you count one, two, three, four, one of them doesn't have a father at home. That is a national crisis. And I think we see the evidences of that today. When you look at the, 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 the chaos and the rioting and the, and the things of that nature today, I shared a meme on Facebook, and I'm, I'm really trying to pull back from Facebook besides my, my uh, verses that I put, the verse of the day, the things that encouraged my spirit. But it was one, it showed, it says, because uh, there was a time it says, you shouldn't spank your kids. And then it showed uh, two kids sitting together. And then it showed the rioting in the fires. And it says, and now look at them today. Now, it, it, it's kind of comical, but as I was studying and wrapping up my notes this morning, I stopped and I called my dad. And I thanked him. Thanks for whooping my butt when I needed it. Thanks for making me go to church when I didn't want to. Thanks for disciplining me. He did it out of love, he didn't beat, I didn't get abused. It was a Bible spanking. Anyone know about that? Was, papa. My, you know, my grandma said to get a papa. He was like papa, that's papa. No, I don't want that. Then you act right. Cause there's consequences. Cause the parents, if you, fathers, if you don't discipline them, the teacher may have to try. And if the teacher can't, then the boss might. And if the boss can't, then perhaps the, the officers will. At some point, there's going to be consequences. And even if it doesn't get to that point, they've got to meet a just God. There's going to be consequences at some point for all of our actions. So this is what the scriptures tells us. One thing, you know, husbands, uh, fathers, this is what I want to let you know, and it's Ephesians 5. It says that the father is the head of the house like Christ is the head of the church. And it goes on to say in verse 25, husbands, love your wives and your house like Jesus loved this church who gave his life for the church. Are you one to give your life for your spouse and your children? It may not mean literal life and death, you have no more pulse, but it might mean your hobbies so you can spend more time. With them, It might be your recreation, so you can spend more time with them. It might be some things that you have got to have delayed gratification so that you can meet the needs of your household. Because when I read the scriptures in Proverbs 22, verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. There are so many parents and grandparents right now holding on to this verse, but the verse only applies if you train them up. When I think of training, I think of athletes or, or, or weightlifters or boxers and, and, and all these different things. And they go through things to uh, discipline their bodies. And sometimes it is painful. You don't want to do those things, but you want the results that it will provide. See, we don't want to, uh, sometimes, you know, when I heard my father first tell me, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you, I'm like, yeah, right let me get the belt didn't work that way but what he was saying is I know this is gonna bring you pain but if I don't correct this now it's gonna be worse later and I don't want to do it but I know it's the right thing to do so I'm gonna do it and then it then sat me down afterwards after I threw my fit and the tears were drying up and it says do you know why this happened and we had a conversation He didn't just whoop my butt and send me off and I didn't know why that happened. No, I understood clearly. I was warned. Don't do that. I did it anyway. That means I defied authority. Let me talk to you fathers about this. You are the authority in your house, you and your wife. If if you let them defy you, they will think that they can defy the father. The godly father, which isn't good. If they think they can go against what your word is, they think they can go against what his word says. And he's a just and fair God. He's loving, but he's just. And he said in his word, A time is coming and is already appointed that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. I'd rather do it now, voluntarily, out of, out of a loving relationship, than be forced to later. Train up the child the way she could. See, right now, folks, uh, parents and, and fathers uh, specifically, this isn't the time where you are to be their friend. That time will come, but while you're still in the training, when I was training in boxing, or in football, the coach wasn't my friend, he had to tell me, he had to correct me, he had to push me harder, he had to train me, tell me what I needed to do, calisthenics, no one likes calisthenics, no one likes getting in shape, running the laps, doing the sprints, one more rep, one more set, push harder, add more weight, do the stuff, it's painful. But you're stronger because of it. You'll be more effective as a result of it. Fathers, you're the same way with, with your children. You're not their friend where it's, a, it's, it's this, this. You can be their friend later. You gotta, we need fathers, not friends. We need godly fathers in our house. Does not mean you can't be friendly and loving? Absolutely you can. But later, now when you know, I'm still raising some and, and i got some older ones, and, and now he comes to me, hey, Dad, I need some advice. Now I can be that fatherly friend. Now we can talk. Hey, I'm going through this. So Yeah, son, I did that. I had to go through that before. Now we can have a different conversation. The training's kind of done already. Now it's conver- conversation. More friendship. It's not always easy and pleasant experience. However, in the end, you'll be thankful for doing it. Paul says, I train my body like an athlete. I run the race like I want to win the race. Do you want your children to win? Then be the coach that their coaches are in their athletic things, fields, and everything else. Be that to them now. Here's the interesting thing. In, in my research, when I was reading the statistics, it, they are amazing. What they what they found with fatherless homes, and I dealt with some of this. And a lot of you may not know, up until I was eleven years old, um, there was no father in my home. Um, just brief testimony. It's, it's you know, I didn't. I, I was born into it. I had no choice. But uh, my father was. Uh, he had some addiction issues. And part of those addiction issues, to support the habit, he dealt. And our house got raided. I was a baby, I don't know, it was before then, before I could recollect anything. And, and in the course of things, they told my mom, if we come back to this house again and you're here, we're, CPS is gonna take your children. She left my father, cause he couldn't kick the habit. He was in and out of jail most of my life. I didn't really know him and when I did visit him, it was at the jail or at Jackson State Penitentiary. It's an awful thing for a kid to go through the barbed wire and all the different things and see all the different characters that are in the jail and, and people are coming by he said, son, don't make eye contact, don't look at this guy, don't go over there, don't do this, stay over here. So those were my memories of visiting my father until he got released. Uh, uh, he got sentenced to life for a third strike violation At Jackson. But they let him out after uh, 7 years. He was a a trustee. An old man. And he was sick. I think that's why they let him out. Um, But he died uh, my sophomore year. He was 50 years old. And I got to know him the most. Those last 2 weeks. Because I knew where he was. And he wasn't going anywhere. He was in the hospital. And 3 days before he passed away. He did give his life to the Lord. And I thank God for that. But going back. My mom had the fortunate blessing of marrying a godly man, a widower, when I was 11 years old. And so I could see some of these things happening. So let me share some of these statistics. Uh, According to the research, fatherless home, um, four times greater risk of poverty. I was poor growing up, but the whole neighborhood was poor, so I didn't really know it. More likely to have behavioral problems. Yeah. I did, but my mom signed me up for the Young Marines and would tell my drill sergeant when I got in trouble at school, and they, they took care of it. She, she inserted coaches and, and, and men, strong men in my life. So if I come across harsh sometimes, it was my mentors growing up were coaches and drill sergeants. That's who taught me how to be a man in the early days, and my uncles, and they were all tough guys. So it's not that I, I, I mean to be a jerk. I'm doing what I was taught to do. I'm getting better, I'm getting more loving, guys. Be patient with me. God's not done with me yet. Here's the other thing. Mom and child health, two times greater risk of infant mortality. Incarceration is more likely to go to prison. Crime, more likely to commit a crime. Teen pregnancy, seven times more likely to become uh, a, a teen mom. Child abuse is more likely to face abuse and neglect. Substance abuse, more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol, two times more likely to suffer obesity education, two times more likely to drop out of school. That was the path I was on until the Lord sent a godly man into my life, which is my stepdad, and some of you have met. I call him dad. He raised me, he disciplined me. He he did, as a stepdad, he did whoop my butt. Thank God that he did, straightened me out. Took some work, and I thanked him this morning, I, and I was almost brought to tears, and I think he was too, because he starts cracking jokes when he gets nervous and tearful, and, and uh, I said, thank you. I know it probably wasn't difficult, or excuse me, I know it was difficult, I know it wasn't, probably wasn't easy, because this wasn't your kid, and, and you know, uh, you got the, the split homes, don't discipline my child. No, 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 no. My, they didn't do that. We're a family. This is your son now, those are my kids now. And he disciplined me like he was his own. I thank God for that. Because had he not, I probably wouldn't be here today serving the Lord and bringing you a message that's challenging and hopefully encouraging as well. Godly fathers, we need you. The world needs you. The world needs fathers in the home. But more important than that, we need godly fathers to bring them up rightly and justly in love, grace, and mercy. Fathers, we need you not only to be in the home, but to be active participants in your church family and raising them up in the feared admiration of the Lord. Father, this is what Malachi 4, 6 says, And I shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to the father. Now here's the warning. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Didn't know that was in the Bible, did you? What it's saying is, what happens when the hearts of the fathers aren't for the children? Do you say we, would, we might be living some of that today? We've got a bunch of adolescents running around who were never taught discipline, who were never loved by, by a, a strong, godly man. And it's chaos. They're acting like they've never had a whooping in their life. You see it out there, I, You guys, smile at me if you get it. Can I get an amen? Or or am I just making stuff up? You guys see it, right? Now, I'm not saying that that someone needs to get beat. No, I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about discipline. And not all kids need a spanking. You know, we couldn't spank Manuel. But we can talk to him sternly and give him a time out. And that worked. Whatever it is that works for you, figure that out. But it's got to be consistent. It's got to be in love. And you got to teach them a lesson. Here's what Scripture tells us in 1 Timothy 5.8. This is talking about the responsibility of a father. See, we got too many guys out there who are just planting seeds and not taking care of their offspring. I'm trying to keep it PG. You guys get what I'm saying, right? Okay. But if anyone does not provide for his own, especially those of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Well, where do unbelievers go? Hell. I don't know how you can get worse than that. But this is what the scriptures say. This is what Pastor Felix and Is the verse up there? You guys can see it, right? You can read it. So I know some of you don't believe me sometimes and you look on your phone anyway. Go ahead. Look it up. There's Bibles in the, in, 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 on your phone app. Look it up. This is what it says. If you don't take care of your own seed, you're not taking care of your own offspring. It says your are right, extended family. And then it says specifically those of your own household. Then you're worse than someone who is going to hell. That's pretty strong words. And it's not mine, don't kill the messenger, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just trying to say, we, you have a responsibility to take care of what's yours. And I know many of you do, I'm not talking specifically about you's out there, but anyone who's watching, if you're out there and you haven't been taking care of your own, there is a consequence that is gonna come to you. But there is time now, you can repent of your lifestyle, you can come, repent of your ways. Take a break, relax. Breathe and start being responsible for your actions. They come back to you. Responsibility. And as you are responsible for your own, you're teaching them. So when they get older, they too will be responsible. That's part of the training process. You see, we had my, my grandbaby up here and somebody like, Oh, that's not very professional. That's training up a child in the way they should go. If we can't train them in church, where, where are we going to allow them? Where are they going to learn? we can't put up with their ruckus and their tearing stuff up and just being babies and... I'd rather deal with it now than them tearing stuff up in the world and I got to go visit them in jail. Right? I don't care what, what family you come from, rich or poor, black or white, Cuban and Asian, I don't matter. We've all dealt with unruly kids and know the consequences. It strikes every culture, every community, every class. We need responsible fathers. We need you to stand up. And those of you who are already doing the job, your job's not done. When we read in scriptures, we see the roles of grandfathers. It's a, cause you, it's a legacy. I know some of you young dads out there, you don't like to hear it. But it says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There was a legacy. They didn't separate them. They didn't go off on their own and it's, oh, that's this Isaac over there. That's Jacob over there. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There was a legacy. You don't believe that uh, the father wasn't teaching the grandchildren when they were there in the tent with him? You don't think that they were sharing lessons? When he was too old to go out in the fields and he sent his 12 sons, you don't think Jacob had the grandkids and he was teaching them? This is what God did for me over here at the Jordan. This is what God did for us. He provided us a well in the desert. This is what the Lord, there's a role to play. Your job's not done. You grandparents, keep praying. Keep pushing. I know you are, Brother Al. We were praying Wednesday night for them grandbabies. Praise God. We won't stop. We won't stop. Here's what I want to share with you. There's some characters I love in the Bible. Peter. I like Peter. The Apostle Peter. He was a loudmouth, a little brash. Made some mistakes. But I identify with him a lot. And if God can use Peter, the brash, loudmouth fisherman... Rough around the edges. He can use me. I I want to encourage you. Identify with some character in scripture. And read how God used them. They all had some problems. They all had some challenges. But in their problems, in their challenges, in their struggles, God showed himself to be faithful. And God's shown himself to be faithful in my life. And he'll do it in yours as well. And Joshua said, I like Joshua and Caleb. They're both, they were the two uh, Israelites... Uh, when the children of Israel were wandering the desert and they came to the land of Canaan, they sent 12 spies into the land of Canaan and there was giants in the land. And something was going on there and manipulating the food. They had grapes so big, it took two guys carrying it on a pole, a cluster of grapes that big. They said, we look like grasshoppers in their sight. They were so afraid, but two of them said, we can do it. Those are the kind of guys that I want on my team. Even though they're bigger and stronger on the other side, even though it looks like they might win, uh, I don't know. I think we can do it. What do you think? Yeah, we can do it. Come on. I'm not saying I want to go alone, but I'm saying, hey, they had Joshua and Caleb. They said, we can do it. Long story short, we come to the spot where the children of Israel have conquered the land. And they're starting to divide it up. They're starting to go their own ways. And this is what Joshua says. Joshua 24 verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day who you will serve. You're serving something. It might be a hobby. It might be a sport. It might be uh, uh, your work, your career. What gets the lion's share of your attention, your emotions, your, your finances? What gets it? Is it the Lord? Are you trying to advance the kingdom? Are you trying to help uh, the community? What, what is it that you're serving? You're serving something whether you realize it or not. But Joshua says, but as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. you simply gotta choose something you're serving something I'm encouraging you to serve the Lord not just you alone you in your house Joshua speaking to the Jewish people he make a declaration and why did he say it like that because they're coming into a, a area where there was a lot of distractions there's a lot of other forms of worship. There was a lot of other gods. They were serving Baal and Molech and Astra and all these other gods. As you read it, it's an interesting and adventurous story, but he's saying there's a lot out there. But I'm choosing, and I'm encouraging you to choose. Not just you, you and your house. Who are you gonna train up? Who are you gonna develop? How are you gonna train them? How are you gonna speak into their life? But listen, Look at the ways of a Christian. Doesn't always mean it's easy. Doesn't always mean that it's a cakewalk. But listen, at the end of this story, your name's going to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're going to stand before the heavenly gates and you're going to hear, Well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't want that just for me, I want that for all my kids. And if I want that for them, I gotta train them. Just like if you want them to be a good athlete, you sign, up, you sign them up for the sports camps. You buy them the shoes. You get them the equipment. Okay, have you gotten them a good study Bible? Have you signed them up for church camp? Are you making them go to youth group when they don't wanna go? Are you telling? you inviting their friends that are influencing their life so you can now be an influence in their life? Come on. I'm challenging you this morning. I know I am. I know I might get a little uncomfortable. Godly. Godly fathers, we need you. The world needs you now like never before. Like never before. You can and will be a difference. But is the difference you're going to be going to be a godly one? You already have influence. Smile at me. I love you guys. You already have influence. But where are you pointing them to? I, I hope you would consider eternal reward point them to God with your words your lifestyle your loving kindness point them to Jesus if you don't know him today I look around and I think most of you do if you've slidden away you can you can reconnect he's always there with open arms the song that we were singing I'll never gonna he's never gonna let he's never gonna let you down Doesn't mean he's not gonna do something that you don't agree with, that's not it. It, Pretend a father holding a child in their arms, he's not gonna voluntarily just set you down. You're gonna squirm out of his arms before he chooses to set you down. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Nothing can snatch you out of his hands. Whether you choose to pop out or not is up to you, but he's never going to let go. He's never gonna leave you or forsake you. He's always with you. I just want to encourage you. Let's just take a moment. Let's just recommit. I know I can do better. I know I can turn off the TV and, 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 and have a Bible study with my son. I know I can just write my daughter a note and tell her how precious she is in the eyes of God and encourage her to follow the leading that God's giver. I know I can do better. I stand before you as a transparent man. Uh, whose role in this church happens to be pastor, saying, uh, exposing some weaknesses that I know I can get better. If I can get better, I know you can too. Let, let the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we invite you now, just move in our minds and hearts. Stir us up. Where can I get better? Give me the strength to be better. Lord, stir up a desire in my heart to draw close to you. Father, we need you. I can't do this without you. I can't lead in this chaotic time of this world, this history, without you. Give me wisdom, guidance, and discernment, I ask and pray. Lord, I recommit to you this day, for as for me in my house, I will serve you, Lord. I pray all these things according to your good and perfect will. Lord, I also pray for the tithe and offering that we'll be giving as we leave this place. I pray that you help those who are cheerfully giving. Uh, Lord, encourage them, bless them, and be with those who need a job, who need a breakthrough, who need a career path, who need uh, an extra touch. Lord, be with them. And help this church be a lighthouse in this community. Give us connections, give us resources, give us, Father, influence. Help us, Father God, send the workers for the harvest is plenty. We pray and ask these things according to your good and perfect will. And the church of God said,